Greetings, listener. You are currently listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy and Andrew. So it's very interesting that we have yet another special episode. It seems like, is this like our third special episode in a row that we've done? I think this is, I think we're, we're, we're two movie a month, guys. <laughs> we're not intending on that, but it does seem that way. Welcome to a very special episode of Colts uh, and the Catacombs here. We're, we're gathered here today for a very special occasion. Dearly beloved. <laughs> so the first time this year that we gathered like this was because they released the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. And then we got back together again last month for a very special episode as well for the incredibly awesome Psycho Gorman. Yes. And now we're gathered because something huge has happened in the world, not only just in the world of horror cinema, but just in cinema, period. A film that is considered a holy grail for horror has seen the light of day. And I'm not talking about The Clown Who Cried by Jerry Lewis. <laughs> is, is it, though? <laughs> I know there's people who are morbidly curious to see this thing. You I know we I, would watch it. You oh, know yeah, totally. Damn fact we would be doing a special episode oh, on that hell movie. hell yes. If the Library of Congress released it to the public, hell yeah, we would. I've read the plot online, and oh my god, it's like... Life is beautiful without the p- n- pills, basically. Um, <laughs> but we're gathered here because we're talking about the long-lost George Romero movie, The Amusement Park, uh, which was made in 1973 to be released in 1974 and got shelved. Uh, the main reason why this movie got shelved is, is because George Romero was not originally intending on making a horror film with this he teamed up with the lutheran society who is what yes okay the lutheran society is the same people who teamed up with the creators of gumby to create davy and goliath right yes exactly and they originally commissioned george romero to make an educational film that dealt with the subject matters of elder abuse and ageism. And technically, George Romero, from what I understand, has made that. He's made a movie that deals heavily with elder abuse and ageism. The thing is, is with George, with George Romero, he, George Romero does not believe in subtlety. Which, <laughs> no. when, when George Romero wants to deliver a message, he's going to bop you over the head so hard that you're going to hear ringing for a week right with what he's talking about and the lutheran society was so disturbed by what they saw with this film that they (laughs) said nope we're not releasing it (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so a 16 millimeter print was discovered in 2017 And it was used as a screening at the Toronto Film Festival as a retrospective for Romero. When this news came out, people were like, we need to see this thing. And sure enough, they decided, okay, yeah, let's go with it. So uh, they gave it a 4K restoration. 
And Shudder turned around and said, we're buying the exclusive rights to this thing, which they did. And now they own the exclusive rights to screen, to basically stream the amusement park on their channel, which is a huge coup for Shudder. I, this is, this is... This is big. This is this is like um, HBO Max purchasing the long lost director's cut to the Magnificent Ambersons by Orson Welles after it was after it's been discovered and saying we're going to own this exclusively. Right. Which is never going to happen. I, I you know I don't think they're ever going to find that print of the film. But still, this is they huge. would just turn it over to Zack Snyder. Sometimes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So this this is huge. This is absolutely huge. And it's so huge, as a matter of fact, from what I understand, when it had its debut on Shudder, Shudder kind of crashed a little bit. Uh, I don't think they expected that many people <laughs> to want to see this. And at the same time, I'm thinking, what did you expect? This is a long-lost film by George Romero. Of course people are going to want to watch this. Right. And from what I hear, the plot is very simple. It's about an elderly man who goes to an amusement park to enjoy the day at the amusement park, but everything around him suddenly turns into a nightmare, and it's done in the most George Romero-y way as possible. I'm I love more to this. I am too. I love the concept of Romero's subtlety because. Yes, he he, you know, it's Night of the Living Dead, you know, all it, every one of the Living Dead movies, right? You know, consumerism, racism, uh, the military-industrial complex, like like they're all like scathing indictments. Mm-hmm. But well, well, even um, his fourth one, you know, was about classism. So yeah. you know, there's always something there. But he's still uh, one of the most purposely misunderstood directors as well because people don't want the movies to be about that mm-hmm. they want them to be about zombies they want them to be about you know whatever is just literally on the surface level and he is the most perp I, I would say he's the most purposefully misunderstood director that i can think of just like you know, like the people don't want subtlety from it but he's going to give it to you whether you like it or not yeah I absolutely love his films. I mean, my oh, yeah. my, ver- my very first film from George Romero that I distinctively remember seeing is actually not one of the Living Dead movies. The first film I distinctively remember seeing was Night Riders. Nice. Yeah, the um the the the, the knights on instead of horseback uh, motorcycle back basically. I remember going I remember when our drive-in theater in our neighborhood used to be open. I literally was in walking distance from a drive-in theater growing up. And I remember they were playing that movie and it was not it was it was not the main picture it was the second feature but it made an impression on me and I <laughs> I, <bet it> did. <laughs> um, I absolutely enjoyed Night Riders and then of course you know along came Creep Show sure. and you know that sealed the deal there I, I wasn't probably probably wasn't until I was 10 i guess when i was finally allowed to see night of the living dead and i wasn't wasn't until i was a teen before i was allowed to see dawn of the dead but there is a reason for that yeah it's it's widely believed that the re that dawn of the dead was the reason my dad had a heart attack holy cow which is not he just didn't take care of himself health-wise sure um 
but my godmother and my mom both agreed up and down that when he went to go see Dawn of the Dead in the theater, that film gave him the heart attack that he had. So my mom was afraid to allow that movie in the house. And finally, when I was 13 years old, they loosened up and allowed me to watch Dawn of the Dead. I remember watching it and in my jaded 13-year-old mind saying, why are they throwing temper paint all over the place? Yeah. (laughs) So, but... You know, looking at it when I got older, I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a great film. I got everything that he was doing with you know, the whole, you know, satire on on mall consumerism and everything. So stuff I didn't appreciate when I was thirteen, but I appreciate right. it. Now. Um, but I've always loved George Romero stuff. It, it, I finally saw Martin for the first time four years ago, and it was shown as a top secret film at the Alamo Draft House. And I loved how it just took the whole vampire story, turned it on its ear, and again, with his subtlety, turned it into a story about, you know, Christian fundamentalism, basically. Um, He's just amazing. I love him, and I can't wait to watch this thing. Yeah, I can't either. I'm I'm excited. I love Romero. You know, that's one of those... uh, opposite of your experience um i think that our our experiences definitely molded our love of of cinema and i think it went you know we are polar opposites where you know i i watched the fall like like john carpenter i think falls into that same category with uh romero as you know horror artours mm-hmm. um and my dad's favorite movie director was john carpenter so anything Carpenter related was you know, doors flung open to the house and there was a parade. There's a ticker tape parade as it was rolled in <laughs> where we would sit on, I would sit on dad's knee and watch the fog or the thing. Um, you know, th- these were, these were events in the household and my dad loved Romero as well. Um, so, you know, I remember seeing uh, not, not, I don't know that I've ever again, intentionally seen Night Riders. Now I got to, Seek now. I got to go seek oh, it out. Oh yeah, you have to see it. I mean, with with Ed Harris, um, uh, Tom Savini acts in this movie. I yeah, you've got to see Night Riders. Night Riders is great. Maybe we should do it at some point if we can find it. Yeah. Uh, but what's another interesting thing about this this particular film and us doing it is it's a very rare thing that we both come to the table at basically the same time with the same movie, and this is that movie where you know we were both reaching out to each other at the same time going, we've got to do this movie. <laughs> as soon as they announced that you know it was going to be available somewhere, we're both like, we got to do this movie. And then it was like on shutter. They were like, we got to do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're going to be two movie people for a while. Oh yeah. Because, because there's, you know, there's the, the conceit of our, of our actual show. Uh, and then there is the stuff that we both want to talk about. You know, sight unseen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we still haven't done um, Aquarium of the Dead yet. I still need to see it. You still need to see it, yeah. But that's one of those films. You know, there's there's a lot out there that we that we should be covering. So, well, there's that one that you uh, sent me the trailer for the basically the American. I'm calling it the Americanized version of Tokyo Gore Police. Um, the <laughs> spare parts is it called? Spare parts. Yes. yes. Yeah, I, 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 you showed me that trailer, and I'm like, is this a real movie? And you're like, yep. And oh, yep, it is. Then yes, I saw it the, 
then I saw it's available to rent online, and I went, oh shit, yeah, we're gonna have to do this one. So yeah, so I think I think we just have to accept that we're probably two movie a month people at this point. <laughs> it's, it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited to watch this. This is this is gonna be one of the one of the ones that I, I really want to see. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, I'm it's like. I'm perp- I've purposely waited until we could record part one to watch it. I know it's with us recording part one. It's been 24 hours since the movie dropped on Shutter. I I wanted to be part of the premiere movie viewing of it yesterday. I'm I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't now after hearing it crash. Yeah. But um, at the same time, yeah, I'm just like yeah yeah yeah. I want to watch this. I want to watch this. I want to watch this. <laughs> well, let's get to watching it. You got it. Let's get to watching it. We want to see what our life is going to be like. What part of life? When we get old. Are you sure? Yeah. You must see it all to the end. There's nothing outside. I'm going outside anyway. There's nothing outside. Nothing. One of these times, the door will open in your life, and you will step into the amusement park. Full of hope, anticipation for the future, and curiosity for what you will find there. The man in the amusement park is a mirror image of yourself, separated only by the passage of time. Why are you Nothing, nothing out, out there. I'll see for myself. Bye. I'll see you in the park someday. Okay, we are back. <laughs> we uh, are. Um. All right, so remember when we were doing the Patreon for a while and we did that Patreon-exclusive episode? of superstar the karen carpenter story yes and we were going in expecting one thing and we came out getting a sucker punch in the balls yes yes i do i very i very much remember that (laughs) that to me was the amusement park i i was not prepared for what we got at all i for starters it's not a terrifying movie you know, if, you, if you're going in expecting something like Martin or not, or one of the Living Dead movies or even Creep Show, you're going to be completely disappointed because that's not that. It is a psychological mind fuck of a film, though, because this film w- was festering in my brain for the rest of the day after watching it and really got to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like. I want. I went in expecting Romero's, um, like Night of the Living Dead style, or you know, something with some more, you know, outward, uh, blood and guts and and horror. Um, that is not what this is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, to a point where I was like, should this be on Shutter? But I guess it should. Like, because it is, it is truly a brutal film. Yes. It is. It is truly just an what an hour and a half, eighty six minute gut punch, almost from the beginning to the end. It does do one thing that I really enjoy, though. And I was telling you this, I, I miss and enjoy the um, the beginning and the end having the um, having the exposition for you, like mm-hmm. the context for you. Um, and I did enjoy that in this film. Like it, it was definitely like an Orson Wellesian effect. Um, but then it just goes right to it and just starts punching you in the face and doesn't stop for about 75 minutes. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's a line that he says to get the whole thing going after he's, you know, describing the purpose of the movie and everything. And he's not pulling away any punches. He's just being blunt, 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 blunt. And then he says, as you're watching this movie, please keep in mind, someday you will be old. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the film. Yeah. That's like the last thing he says. You're just like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and the film just Starts. There's no buildup or anything. It just starts. You don't get somebody leaving their house. You don't get somebody going. It just you walk into a white room. Yes. With yourself, basically. And you have one version of you that is optimistic and happy. And you have another version of you that has just been completely beaten up and brought down to the point where you are in despair and have no desire to do anything anymore. Correct. That is, that is 100% true. Um, you know, without giving away the, the full plot of the film, you know, the one thing that I will say is I've watched a lot of movies that are meant to make you feel uncomfortable, you know, this was, I think this was the most disorienting movie I've ever watched. Oh, definitely. In my life. Like, the most disorienting, more so than, you know, anything that Lynch has put out, more so than, you know, Lost Highway, where even he, Lynch admits he doesn't know what's going on in half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this movie made me feel the way that the character feels. Yeah. Um, and Which and again, what helped with getting, getting under your skin. Right, right. And I think, you know, you you hit the the nail on the head when we were talking off mic that, you know, again, this is this is a different Romero, but definitely still is not a subtle Romero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is very, very blunt and in your face. And I, there's just some scenes that just really, really got to me. Like when he goes on the bumper cars ride and in order to ride the ride, you had to make a certain amount of money and you had to be free from all these different health conditions and you had to pass an eye exam to ride the ride. I'm like, damn, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you have the roller coaster, which is when you when you're looking at it, it looks innocent, but then when he goes on it, it transforms into the like basically the Texas giant at Six Flags Over Texas, 
right. yet when we go back to look at it, it go it reverts back to a little kitty ride. Um, you've got the oh god the the thing with the train station with the old woman who basically has this trunk that's the size of three caskets and this old lady's not getting help from the porters or anything but somebody pays the porters to help two priests take their collection box and put it into their taxi cab for them right well I, and it, yeah, yeah. It, it's that the 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 you know, the scathing indictment of the healthcare system Mm-hmm. Um, the way that we treat old people, the way we monetize, because that, that, those were the scenes that really got to me were like monetizing your, your memories and the things that you hold dear. Like the guy that was the, uh-huh. the, the uh, the guy that was one of the, the pawn stars who would only offer you $5 for everything, you know, everything that means anything to you because yeah. you're, you're worthless. Now. You or, know, like, yeah. I, that was just yeah that seemed you know in order to be able to buy admission into the amusement park you're basically selling your life away and you're just like no nope, no it's only five dollars no nope, no nope, only a dollar give it take it take it or leave it and the um you had mentioned the the home repair uh oh god carnival yes. barker which is is another that whole scene that whole like five minutes or ten minutes was just good God. Selling, selling you shit you don't need and if you weren't buying it you had somebody that was just robbing you blind without you even realizing it i'm like oh my god no that that no subtlety there at all because that's what happens mm-hmm. and you know and and then doubling back and being nice to your face about it yeah you know the the one scene that that was that I that I saw that was um, <coughs> that kind of pulled me out of the film was the um, the dining scene. Oh, with the with the rich versus the poor. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah, the, the, you you had you had made your points up to this point without being that ham fisted, and this is pretty ham fisted, George. Yeah, that part was definitely ham fisted. Like, uh, but but everything else is just it's good. God, just brutal. Oh, the uh, the amusement park ride that wanted senior citizens to ride it. And we're basically, they were standing out there like, come, come, yes, we love you. Come, ride this ride, come on. And you get in, and it, it's basically just shit, piss poor conditions in a convalescent hospital. Right, right. Like, it definitely... I mean, I don't think we're hiding anything. I, I think it even mentions it in the uh, in the byline for the movie. But you know, this is about the conditions that we 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 put our elderly into, which is something yeah. we don't. It, when I was growing up, that was a big talking point in politics and in culture. Um, you know, there was a there was a a, a turning a little bit in, in the way that we talked about it and you know, how we were handling it in theory. And I think a lot of that was because of the boomers getting to an age where their family was, you know, cause you know, that would have made my parents what roughly, you know, in their early forties uh, to late thirties. So these, they were starting to think about those things more. Um, but this definitely just wailed on that idea. <laughs> oh yeah. 
like the scene, the, like the scene where they're at the stage show at the carnival, and everyone's excited to see who the entertainment's going to be, and out comes the wheelchair-bound war veteran, and the audience responds by booing because that's not what they want to see. They want nothing to do with the wheelchair veteran, and I'm like, God damn, yeah, right. <laughs> just the whole time I'm like, God damn. Or or the freak show. Yeah. Where they they go to the freak show and it's um, two old people in swimsuits. Yes. And um, God, what else? Um, oh, what were some other ones that were just just like oh my God, sucker punch moments? Uh, oh, the when he when he was uh, spending time with the young girl, reading the story to her. Oh my God! Yeah. And then the, the then the woman realized what was going on, so she starts packing up everything and takes the, the child away from him, you know, basically leaving him heartbroken and and and, and lonely and, and and you know despair. And then the scene where he gets beat up by the motorcyclists, and the only thing that they want to do is give him a bandaid and a cane. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, even the transition shots even the scenes where it's just the transitions were jarring and and i think that's what they're doing like you get to a certain age and the world becomes disorienting a little bit you want help to navigate it and instead you're either you know spending money getting shoved into a nursing home getting put into this horrible healthcare system people are taking advantage of you nobody is trying to help you navigate this you know this uh, this maze, this labyrinth that you're in now, because maybe you do need help now. Mm. You know, you're looked down upon. You know, like the scene you were talking about, the bumper car scene, where you know it's a wreck, and all of a sudden there are cops there, and they're talking down to you and talking about how old you are and the fact that you shouldn't be driving because you're an old woman. And um, Wait, it's all very just. To, this license says you're supposed to have corrective lenses. Where are your glasses? You know. Yeah. Just, it was rough. It, it really got. It was me. rough. Yeah, it got me too. It got me too, because you're in it. That's the thing mm-hmm. that he that he did so well with this film is you are, you're not outside looking in. You're in it, and you get this idea that it just happens over and over, because the the opening scene is the the last scene in the movie. Yeah. You know where he finally makes it back to the white room. And he's beaten up and he's, you know, he's bloodied. He's got a Band-Aid on his head. Um, and, you know, he's sitting there and he's exhausted and he's tired. And then and he walks again, all fresh and clean and ready to take on the day. And you just know that it's just going to happen again and over and over and mm-hmm. over. And that is that is the part that just takes your uh, takes the wind out of your sails more than anything. You know, is that the, the resolution is there is none. Yeah, there is going to be none because you, 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 even though you know what's going to happen when you go out there into the world, the very next day you you wake up and you're just like, you know what, maybe today will be different, and I'm going to go out there and try to be, you know, part of this society again, and you just experience it all over again. Yep, it's a tough watch. I think it's important to watch. Mhm. But it's a tough watch. It definitely is. I mean, it's it's quite a film. It really is. It is definitely quite a film. I uh, I kind of am a little upset 
that the Lutheran uh, Society shelved the movie when it was made because I think if they, I mean, I understand that, you know, when they when they said disturbing images, I thought it was going to be like maybe a, at one point it becomes a gore fest, but it doesn't. There's just like little splattering of blood here and there. We get a couple of glimpses of the Grim Reaper and that's it. But I honestly think they should have let this movie been released because I think that had this went to a broader audience back then in 1974 and watched, maybe it would have planted something in the heads of those watching it. And maybe they would have treated, hopefully, I mean, I'm just being hopeful here, but treated senior citizens better than they did. Because I remember when I was in school, we used to have to do community service and we would go to the convalescent hospital in town and everything. And yeah, it was deplorable seeing what they had to go through. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he took a shot at the church. And I think that's probably well, why yeah. it got shelved. Yeah, know. that scene with the, the scene with the two church uh, uh, preachers with the box. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's probably why it got shelved is, you know. He took a he took a full on shot at the church, um, and in in their in their way of not being charitable towards our elderly, mm-hmm. um, and I guessing that's probably why it got shelved. Possible. <laughs> Truth hurts. I mean, I mean, he 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 again. George Romero's a person who does not pull any punches, and he'll lay it out on the line. And I guess they just couldn't take their own medicine. Yeah, this was no different. This was no different than any of his other films um, in the way that he portrayed our elder abuse versus the way he portrays racism or capitalism or anything else. He's coming for you. Yep. And I enjoyed it. I don't know that it's not going to be something I can watch that often. Yeah. Because, again, it was hard to watch and stays with you for a really long time. Like Schindler's List or or Dancer in the Dark or you know films like that where they are damn good, but do you have the courage to watch it again because of just how blunt the film is? Right. Um, but I do suggest everyone watch it, and by everyone I mean literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't have Shutter, first of all, subscribe. It's uh, cheap and absolutely worth it. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Secondly. You know, if you don't want to subscribe, then go over to a friend's house who has it and watch it and get prepared to have a discussion later uh, from what you see, because, yeah, it is quite the film. It's an important film. I feel like it is an important film. Yes. Like, we don't cover a lot of films that I would call important (laughs) in our show. Uh, They might be important to us. They may be important to the genre, but I don't think that there uh, there there are a lot of films that we cover there besides Kiss and Phantom of the, of the Park um, that are important to culture as a whole. Oh come and, on, Three Mutos is a. Whole <laughs> <culture>. <laughs> yes, it is. It is 100% uh, twice dead. Um, <laughs> is a is a tentpole of our society and should be worshipped <laughs> as such. Um, but this film, I feel like, is that. You yeah. know, I feel like it is as important to, you know, this topic as any other movie that you feel like is important to whether you're, you know, whether you're discussing, you know, racism or uh, homophobia or um, 
classism or anything, this film falls into that category. Yes. You know, it's more sci-fi than it is horror. Yeah, it's more sci-fi and psychological to me than it is is horror. I mean, if if anything categorizes it as true horror, the horror is in how truthful it is. Right. Right, exactly. The fact that you're faced with this and you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, yeah, there's, I, no, there's no turning away while watching this. This is this is how society is. I concur. Yeah. But yeah, I think everybody should absolutely watch this. So, well, on the Can't Stop the Music episode, we announced what our July film is. But then Andy then told oh. me that he had a movie. I do. That he wants to have as kind of a tie-in with that. So I guess we're a two-movie-per-month show now, folks. Oh, we uh, are. <laughs> oh, we are. Oh, we are. And, and I, I like the fact that the second movie lets us explore things that are a little branched out from our normal mm-hmm. you know, monthly pick, which, Roy, you do a great job um, at picking. Roy, for the most part, unless he throws me a bone and lets me go for a bad bin, picks the movies um, and he does a great job and there are things that I generally haven't seen things that he knows I'll enjoy or things that'll challenge me. And, and I appreciate that very much, but I like the idea of the second movie because it allows us to branch out a little further into things like, um, like this film. Yeah. Or, um, you know, it gives us a, a chance at watching some of the more, some of the newer things like Zack Snyder's four hour magnum opus, <laughs> uh, justice league starring Yul Brynner. Um, it and this is one of those more recent films that I watched kind of on a lark that I feel bookends with. So we haven't recorded it yet, but we do have a title for our um, for our July movie, um, which you say is mine. I say is yours. I think it was a joint. I think it's the first time we've, we I think I think we're syncing up now. Well, I because, suggested Huey Bull, and you suggested the movie. Right. So this is a movie that I found and watched on a lark. Um, came out last year. Okay. Came out during the pandemic um, to to just enough fanfare that I knew it existed, but not enough that I had ever read anything on it. So when I saw it was on Netflix, I decided to give it a shot. And then about... 20 minutes in I immediately wrote you and said we're doing this movie yes <laughs> and I think it dovetails thematically into uh, our Yui Bowl name of the king for, for July very well and that is 2020 seminal work <clears throat> Jiu Jitsu starring Nick Cage oh my god I have not seen this yet I know of it um I, I've heard the what the fuckery about it this film. It is insane. Yeah, I've, I've heard this is actually more insane than Willy's Wonderland. See, Willy's uh, Wonderland was insane on purpose. Yeah. Right, and 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 most of Nick Cage's current work, some of it genius when you look at Mandy and Color Out of Space and then those type of things. Some of it not so much when you look at Willy's Wonderland. Um, this movie is. I believe made to be a tentpole action film for this, for, you know, I, I think it, I think overseas. Oh dear. It, it is, I don't even know if I want to tell you what it's about. I'm not going to tell you what it's about yet. 
All I, I, wanna... all I know is it's got the title Jiu-Jitsu, and it's Nicolas Cage at one of his most Nicolas Cagey. And, kind of. And that it, it's been it's been described as a film that you must see to believe is but all I hear about it. But this is Nick Cage acting. Okay, like this isn't Nick Cage going off the rails like in Mandy. This is Nick Cage, I believe, actually. Like I was expecting this to be a straight-to-video Nick Cage where he's in it for – you know, like you said with Vivica A. Fox where in uh, an Aquarium of the Dead where it's like yeah. a one-shot where he's just in an office or something. No, like he's in this film a lot. So is Frank Grillo. <laughs> so is Tony Jaa. <laughs> so is, you know, there are a lot of people in this movie that you will recognize. Mm-hmm. And the and conceptually, that's what I want to talk to you about. Once you've watched it, the plot of this movie is so wild <laughs> and so insane. I can't wait to talk to you about it. And also, I want to talk to you about the fact that they tried to make Nick Cage an action star again <laughs> at like 60 years old. <laughs> There's, I, I can't, I can't do it. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. But this is the movie we're doing as a companion piece to In the Name of the King. I think it works really well together. All right, then. Well, you've given me a reason to watch this one then. Because, yeah, I, I have heard of it and I'm, I have seen it's available on Netflix. So, okay, yep, you give me a reason to watch it then. Good. So, would so in closing, your feelings on um, the amusement park. Um, watch it. Am I? I'm, I guess I'm not. I'm not uh, talking out of class here when I say we both kind of agree that everybody should sit down and not be distracted and watch this film. I I, I high heartedly agree. Yes, it is a very important film to watch. Um, I'll even go on record and say that it's one of Romero's best films because of how it delivers the message it needs to deliver, and it truly is a disturbing film but disturbing in a way that it needed to be disturbing and had to be disturbing it was important in the way that it was disturbing and it it will haunt you much like if you've ever seen schindler's list or if you've ever seen dancer in the dark how those type of movies haunt you this is that same type of haunting i agree well thank you for putting this on the docket because I don't know that I would have allowed myself to see it otherwise. Um, and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I was curious about it when I first heard about it and I'm glad that I did see this movie because uh, yeah. Wow. What a film. Yeah. Um, sure. I can only imagine what uh, I can only imagine what you probably want to do when you hear what August's movie is. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think there's a companion piece to August's movie. Well, you'll have to pick your companion piece. You'll have to pick something <laughs> that you could that you can serve on the side of this film as either a compliment or or something to offset it. You'll you'll have to do that. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll the, the hints I'll give you for what's coming up is uh-huh. this: that August's movie is going to probably dumbfound you. Okay. September's movie, we're taking on one of the big giants in cult cinema. Okay. And you will probably scream in excitement so much when you hear about October's movie that you'll probably blow out my speakers. 
All right, all right. I have a guess as to what how what, what uh, October's movie might be, just with you saying that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it out there though. <laughs> and then you choose November's movie. So there you go. All right, all right. <laughs> and all, all right, I'll say, all, all I'll say about December's movie is that it stars Mickey Rooney. Oh my God. All right, fine. <laughs> That's all I'll say about December's movie, and that closes out our year. There we go. And I think that closes out this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to live in fear for however the hell long it is. Yes. (laughs) All right, gang. Thank you very much for listening to this uh, side episode as well. Uh, Join us in July when we will be discussing In the Name of the King and (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. With Nicolas Cage. Words I never thought I would hear together. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Talk to y'all later.